Hello and welcome to Truth Talks, brought to you by South African author, theologian and church leader, Dr. Christopher Pepler. About 30 years ago, a young man came to interview me as part of his master's degree thesis on the unchurched. His research at that time indicated that over one and a half million committed Christians in South Africa were not attending church. Now, I don't know what the situation is today, but my impression is that post-COVID-19 South Africa had containing a, a far worse situation than three decades ago. Now, I've encountered many believers who either do not attend church or they actually go only because their families drag them along. The reasons they give tend to cluster around the following. Sports and family activities take priority. Or, there are many online alternatives available, you know. Or, I don't see the need for church rather than private spirituality. There is an offence perhaps by a church leader or other church members. Or, a disagreement over doctrines. Or, I find church's services long, boring and not relevant to my modern life. Now, there could be many other reasons, but everyone has a personal story to tell, and I have a story to tell, because for the first time in my 40 years as a Jesus follower, I've experienced being part of the large yet invisible unchurched. In the past, I've seen this church problem from the perspective of a church leader, but now I've experienced it from the other side. I don't actually believe there's much to gain from detailing just how I found myself on the dark side, but my experiences may help others who are part of the unchurched. I've always believed that the local church is very important to the Lord Jesus, and therefore to every one of his followers. And my recent experiences have not shaken this belief at all. But let me share with you some of the reasons why the church is important. 1. Acts 22. 28. So once a year for the 28 years that I led a local church, I would read this verse to my fellow elders. It reads, Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. Huh. You know, this alone should settle the matter of the importance of the church. The second reason, Hebrews 10 Verses 23 to 25. It reads, Let's hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. 3. See, God designed the local church to be more organic than organization in nature. In some mysterious but very real way, it's a living manifestation of the body of Christ in a particular area and culture. Each born-again believer is a cell within this body and can therefore only thrive over time as a functional part of this body. And four, the church is the temple of the Holy Spirit and the place of his presence. When believers come together as a church, they, in a wonderfully mysterious way, constitute this temple. So, 
These are the four reasons why the local church is important to God and therefore should be important to all Jesus followers. Okay, having spelt out the, the value and the importance of the local church, now the place I really want to start with my story is to set out my experiences and observations by mentioning first what I missed most about being unchurched. Four things I experienced. One, I missed the faces, voices, hugs and simple presence of other believers. You see, a properly functional church is one in which the people get to know each other, interact and over time come to love one another. Two, another feature of a properly functioning church is that it provides the opportunity to give and to receive, to minister and to receive ministry, and to witness others experiencing this. Three, I miss the spiritual stimulation of singing out praise and worship together with many others. And four, I dearly miss the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit moving amongst these people and animating us to become more than just solitary parts, but co-joined living cells within something greater. Now, I've used the words properly functioning church, purposefully, because not all churches function as an organic body. Many are self-serving organizations, leader-dominated means to control or self-enrich, and far too many are religious edifices that serve only to perpetuate traditions and superficial expressions of spirituality. So I filtered out these types of churches when I eventually started to look for a church to attend. Instead, I initially did two things. I prayed and I viewed the online services of several churches in the area. And then later I visited a few. And this is what I observed. Most of them had positioned themselves as alternatives to modern secular life. They turned off the main lighting during the worship and even during the preaching, much like a theatre. The leaders sported withered clothing, trendy facial hair, you know, and thick beards, and airily similar styles of preaching. The services minimized worship and sharing and ministry, and they maximized notices, offerings, and preaching. And the preaching was mainly superficial and self-improvement orientated. However, I visited a couple of churches where the leaders were genuinely trying to create what they saw as an authentic biblical church life. And here other questions arose in me. Questions like, could I contribute meaningfully to this church? Could I accept the particular rules and doctrines that they thought important enough to insist on? Would they accept me for who I was and am now, an elderly past church leader and theologian? And I did not find one that I could join and serve, really. But I never stopped being open to joining a local church. I kept looking. However, I needed the Lord to guide me, because on my own, it's so hard to find a place to belong. But there were some things that I just did not expect to experience when I left the church, and that had been my spiritual home for over three decades. I didn't expect to find myself cancelled. Now, I knew of the cancel culture so prevalent in the world, but I did not expect it from Christians. However, in my case, I don't think that it was a strategy, 
but rather just a sort of out-of-sight, out-of-mind thing. Because in the months after leaving, very few people actually reached out to me, particularly among the men I'd shared leadership with and regarded as genuine friends for so many years. To most, I'd become generally invisible and irrelevant. Not to all, of course. And most of who were house friends continued their relationship with me. I also have to note, with a kind of wry smile, even as I'm thinking about it now, that when I was a leader in a church, there was an expectation that the missing sheep, which I was now one of, also had an obligation to reach out to us, the church. And I can see how actually unrealistic this is, because someone who is grieving loss just doesn't know how to re-establish relationships without creating further problems for the leadership in the church. I also did not expect to experience the severity of the resentment and emotional pain that comes with severance from my church family. My wife and I have been married for 55 years, and so I've never experienced the negative power of divorce, although I've observed it often in counselling and so on. Well, let me tell you, leaving a church body seems very similar in many ways to a divorce. Although I had warned people from the pulpit many times how spiritually lonely it is to be outside of the local church, I did not expect it to take such a toll on personal devotions, prayer and spiritual passion. You know, it's a truism that a lump of coal cannot remain hot for long when removed from the fire. Now, look... I can't presume to say what other unchurched believers should do. All I can do is mention what I've done, in the sincere hope that this may be helpful. So let me recount. One, I resolved to continue to grapple with the difficulty of finding an authentic local church where I could belong. I tried to ensure that I was open to the possibility, and I constantly asked the Holy Spirit to lead me to one. When I came across a new possibility, then I went to see if it was the one. I widened my field of vision to include house churches or Christian fellowship groups that were not necessarily part of an established church. Two, I continued to try to deal with offence, resentment and hurt. I wanted to respond to these realities in the way Jesus taught and demonstrated, but I found it difficult complex and full of lose-lose options. In the past, you know, I might have said, oh, boo-hoo, just get over yourself. But I won't be making that mistake again. Three, I refrained from bad-mouthing the church leadership to their members or saying or doing anything that could hurt the church. I did not volunteer to others the reasons why I resigned and only gave details if specifically asked. Four, I continued to value the local church in what I said and wrote, and I tried my best to keep my relationship with Jesus and his followers sincere and transparent. Okay, so I've shared my experiences transparently with you, in the hope that what I've said here will be both helpful to unchurched folks and perhaps even to church leaders. It was a painful experience living on the outside, but it would only have been a worthless experience if I and others could not learn from it. Over that last year, I have learned and relearned some important life lessons. One of these was the difficulty 
in grasping how others might view the things that I said and did. For instance, I felt abandoned, but I did not realize that others might have felt abandoned by me. Another important issue I had to face was the destructive power of unforgiveness, which I knew had to be dealt with, but I just couldn't find a satisfactory way to do so. Now, I've been speaking in the past tense here, because for the last several weeks, I and my wife have been back at our home church. You see, the lead elder graciously reached out to me, and we were able to forgive and to reconcile. You know, things will probably not be the same as they were back in the day. (laughs) But they never are, are they? God bless you. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Truth Talks from Truth Is The Word Ministry. If you'd like to share your views, read up on related topics, or purchase one of Dr. Pepler's books, please visit his blog on truthistheword.com. And remember, truth is the word.